0: Welcome to The Carecast. Well, hello and welcome to The Carecast. This week, we're going to be talking about a really sensitive issue that impacts many women, men and families across the country. And that's the subject of baby loss. It's an issue that we don't often talk about. But thanks to initiatives like Baby Loss Awareness Week, which is taking place this week, more and more people are beginning to open up about their experiences of baby loss. So at Care, we believe that baby loss is a subject that's so close to the heart of our Father God, and one that we should all care really deeply about. For many years, we've sought to come alongside women and men who find themselves in this incredibly painful situation. So this week, I'm talking to Jenny Baines, who runs a fantastic ministry called Loved, which provides retreats for women who've experienced this devastating loss of a baby. I'm going to be speaking with her about the subject of baby loss and reflecting on how we as Christians can respond in compassionate ways those who are going through this experience. So Jenny thank you so much for joining me on the Carecast today and uh, to start with could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up setting up Loved?
1: Yeah well um, I'm based in Lincolnshire, a lovely village in uh, the wilds of Lincolnshire which is (laughs) actually very blustery today Um, but I've had the privilege for over 30 years of working with uh, women and with partners with men who've experienced Um, pregnancy loss whether that be through um, miscarriage or stillbirth um, or abortion Um, that has been my uh, experience over the the past 30 years really of working with those um, who've experienced that Um, initially and for many years working in centres in the community but for the last seven or eight years um i've been really challenged that we also need to engage with these issues with with churches um, and with men and women in churches who have faced this pain and, and 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 um looking seeking to to see how we can make churches open environments where we can talk um about these things and so the ministry of open and loved is part of open uh, began about 6 or 7 years ago one of the ministries of care so that's been great Wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, th- thinking about Baby Loss Awareness Week, and
0: obviously it's show- showing how important it is that people are, are aware of baby loss and that it's something that, that people are able to talk about more freely. So why do you think there's kind of a need for this, this initiative? And why do you think baby loss um, can be a bit of a taboo subject to talk about? And why has it been the case for so long that it's been quite uncomfortable
1: for people to talk about it? Yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it, why we don't talk about it? Um, because. Uh, one in four pregnancies, one in four to five pregnancies actually ends in miscarriage um, and so it's a very common experience but the fact that it's common doesn't take away from the pain um, of each miscarriage. Miscarriage, um, I read somewhere, it's been described as the word we don't say until it happens to us or to someone we know and I think that can be very true. Um, and a while ago Naomi, I was uh, speaking at a leaders session, quite a large gathering of church leaders um, and sharing about my work with O. And the main focus of that, I was sharing how we walk alongside men and women who face the challenge of an unintended pregnancy um, or abortion um, and how we don't talk about those subjects. And somebody um, in the in the audience came up to me afterwards and she said, Jenny, I agree that we need to talk about that more. But actually, neither do we talk about miscarriage. Mm. And for her, that was a very personal uh, subject. And and she's absolutely right. And so from that conversation, we actually um, began looking at this whole area of of pregnancy loss uh, with miscarriage and and the Ministry of Loved um, was formed but I don't really know why it's so taboo. I think one of my reflections is that I think as a society, we're not very good sometimes at addressing or being faced with raw emotion Mm. and pain. And I think that is one of the um, experiences of those who felt, who've gone through miscarriage. It's raw emotion, raw pain. And we're not very good sometimes um, at looking um, at those things. Um, And, for the majority of people, miscarriage starts at a very uh, uh, happens at an early stage of pregnancy, and maybe people around them didn't even know they were pregnant. People in the church perhaps didn't know, and so it tends to be a silent grief. And we haven't really learnt um, how to talk about this. But I think there's such a huge need that 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 we should do both in society and um, in our churches. Mm. So it does seem that things are starting to shift more, and I'm sure through through your
0: work in churches that's made a huge impact. But also, you know, I keep, I keep seeing articles popping up online mm. where people are sharing more about their experiences of baby loss. So mm-hmm. how how and why do you think that started to happen kind of in the last few years more that, yeah. that people want to talk about this more?
1: Yeah, I don't know whether that's because of the advance of scans and how we know so much more about the baby in the womb and 3D scan and all these wonderful things um, that we can that we can see now, whether that has actually reinforced that babies at whatever stage of pregnancy um, their babies and especially to those um carrying um the baby um and maybe I think as more people talk about it then more people do come and talk about it mm. because if you've had a miscarriage start talking about it you would be amazed at how many people come forward and say well I've also had one and I've also had one and maybe it's something to do with that and I, and I like to think as well that some of it is down to the work we have pregnancy centres all over the country that offer post-abortion counselling also offer miscarriage counselling and speak about this and, and, and the work of loved we hold retreats we hold seminars and maybe we're helping to raise that awareness too but, you're right there's so much more in the media about it now which is great mm. yeah and what does, what does an, an initiative like baby loss
0: awareness week what does what does that mean for for women and men who have gone through this to to have this kind of this week where where people are able to talk about it we've got mps talking about it in in, yeah. uh, in parliament what what does that mean for, for yeah. people
1: that experience I, I think it means a huge amount, and and um, I'm going to share a little of my story in a while. But I, when I had my miscarriages, I would have loved for something like this. Mm. I think it's just a week where we acknowledge that our babies existed. Um, that we acknowledge the value of that and I think that there's also a huge sense of community that that already on uh, Facebook on all social media posts are coming up now about baby loss awareness week next week and I think within that there's a a sense of community that those who have experienced it don't feel they're the only ones um, and they can talk about it and share and and there's some amazing um, things uh, going on you know I think for churches as well personally I think it's a great opportunity for us to if you like to to be part of that um and and ourselves to offer um events or um to to come alongside those who've who've known baby loss and and it's a wonderful opportunity to share our message of healing and love you know so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so you you mentioned there about your own experience of of having had a miscarriage and both, both through that experience and and obviously having worked with so many women and men through through the years who've gone through this as well could you just share a little bit about what it what what does it feel like to to lose a, a baby and how does that impact your life going through an experience
1: like pregnancy loss yeah yeah well if it's okay I'll share a little bit of, of my own story and, and so when I married I married um, my husband Derek and he was a widower he had five young children which is another whole story all in itself <laughs> um, but as I was wasn't a youngster I became pregnant fairly soon but I had a missed carriage and um, then went on to have two more miscarriages mm. and for me I've always been a very healthy person actually still am for no woman that's just not part of what you think is going to be part of your life experience and it was a huge shock mm. um, and particularly when I was experiencing my second miscarriage I was in in hospital not having a A great time, and the first thing I wanted to say about this is that people sometimes aren't aware is that miscarriage is actually just horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible experience, physically, emotionally. The things that you have to go through. For me, and I think this is a common um, emotion afterwards. I simply could not stop weeping. It was the grief and the physical act of sobbing really and and it wasn't in my head I wasn't feeling that but but physically I just couldn't stop and so it's the grief and the weeping and and um just a huge huge sadness um and again physically I think for the woman there's that sense of emptiness afterwards that the baby that had been there that she's probably already beginning to bond with suddenly is no longer there and and that shock can be quite traumatic Um, I think emotionally um, for myself and working with women um, and their partners who've had uh, miscarriages, there's the emotions include um, anger, lots and lots of questions. Why has this happened to me? What did I do wrong? Was it something I did? And and that brings a sense of maybe guilt, even of shame. So interesting. You know, why can other women do this and I can't? Um, and then the grief, just really grieving for your baby, um, and then having to try to come to acceptance of that and working and, and working your way forward, so lots of lots mm. of emotions, lots of feelings, hormones are all over the place um, and and sometimes, because it's such a silent grief, and maybe as I said before, maybe people didn't know you were pregnant, it can be very isolating mm. um, and and a very lonely place to be. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, why do you think that um baby
0: loss is is quite hard for people who who haven't been through that to understand do you think it's because we haven't talked about it so much or it's just such a personal experience why do yeah. you why do you think particularly I think people don't always understand why it can take some time to um
1: to go through that grieving process um, and yeah. why, why do you think that is I think in a way maybe especially most the majority of miscarriages happen early on in a pregnancy and I think if you haven't been through it there's that lack of understanding um, not intentionally but just hard to understand mm-hmm. Um, you know so for me my my uh, miscarriages were sort of 10 weeks gest- gestation Um and But The grief was overwhelming and and, and it made me begin to think, what is this? What is this about the unborn child? What is it about the link between mother and baby that's causing me um, this huge grief? And I think it's because that bond is so brutally broken Mm. um, in miscarriage. And, And I think for those who haven't been through it, it can be difficult. I think they can more easily... Um, Empathise with somebody that maybe maybe a stillbirth, which is so horrific as well, but maybe the baby has been seen or or at a later stage of development. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to understand. My husband Derek, he was a very sensitive man. I mean, used to work. He was a pastor, used to working with people. But he said to me once, Jenny, I'm trying to understand, but I can't quite. Mm. Uh, understand the depth of your feeling you know with the best will in the world Um, and so I think it's difficult yeah Mm. it is and that's why we need to talk about it really and uh, so that people are aware so through through your own experiences how do you think that's helped you um,
0: work with women who are are also going through that situation Um, and what made you want to to start working with women um, who've gone through that in in the first place as well
1: yeah. Well I think when if you've been very often if you've been through a, a painful experience, I think um I, I speak a lot, you know what I mean. One and one of the things I talk about, there's um a book, an old, old book called Don't Waste Your Sorrows. And I always say the thing I like best about that book is the title. <laughs> because I think that actually our sorrows are never wasted or they never need to be wasted. And for myself, from a faith my my own uh faith perspective, I think that God doesn't cause us to go through those things, but he redeems them. Mm. And so for me, very early on, there's that there was that sense of well just really looking into what is this all about and what can I do with this? And wanting to use uh, my experience. And I think if you've been through it, mm. um, it's, it you can empathise and, and walk along with other women who've also known, um, you know, the grief and, and the pain of that. Mm. Yeah. I so forgot you touched, what your other question was. <laughs> oh, um, well, yeah, I think you've answered it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so you, you touched on how um, for women particularly this can be um, it's kind of a unique experience of of grief because of the the physical changes that you've gone through and the mm. hormones and that you, you're feeling that mm. sense of emptiness so, mm. so there's a sense in which this is this is um maybe different for women than it is it is for men um, yeah. but, but obviously men are impacted as well by uh, losing their child how how
1: have sure. you that, that impacts men what, what's it like for them Yeah I think of course miscarriage affects men Um, and I've just referred to the fact that my husband was trying to understand my emotion but for him it was a huge sadness as well. Um, We have I've got a a very good friend my um, husband of the the lady Hannah who leads the love retreats with me but um, he comes we hold baby remembrance services which I'll talk about a little bit later on Um, and he comes and shares his experience as the father um, of babies that they lost um, and that is always so helpful for those who listen and for him he will say that although he was grieving inside as well because he was so concerned for his wife for Hannah um, actually his main concern was for her and he didn't feel he could express that grief in such an open way um, and he was also concerned about the children in the family as well and, and, and actually he describes on the day I think it was her third miscarriage Hannah was in hospital and he had to go home and hold a birthday party for one of their daughters because it was her birthday and so for a while he didn't express that grief Um, but of course he was very moved and very um, impacted uh, by the miscarriage experience Um, and I found that sometimes women I had one lady in one of our remembrance services she found Rick sharing that so helpful and she had felt hurt she had thought that her partner didn't care so much (laughs) that he wasn't affected and in a sense it's not quite the same because they haven't been carrying the baby and their bodies haven't been affected But they are affected um and they just very often express it in a different way and that can just be because of circumstances as well Mm. yeah and
0: what about um other children that that you might have how how might they react to having having the death of one of their siblings um and, and how do they understand that experience
1: Yeah I think that's it depends on whether the children have been told if it was a very early miscarriage but if they have been sometimes children like the like the mum and dad are excitedly looking forward to the to this arrival and it can be really difficult and I think that you have to sit down and just share with them and different families I think will have different ways of doing that. Um, I, I know of children where each year that with the children the mother and father they remember maybe when the baby would have been born when the baby was injured and perhaps do something to remember that and depending on what age they are even just the talking about death you know and what happens with that um, I think it's really important to be sensitive to other siblings and they would be sad as well. So um, you obviously through your own
0: experiences have, have started this this amazing uh, ministry loves and you've, you've walked alongside women for, for many years so drawing on on those experiences um, for, for those of us who who want to know how to come alongside someone that has has lost a baby what what might be some helpful things that you can say um in this situation because it's often it's very difficult to know what exactly to say so what's what's something what are some helpful things that you can say
1: yeah, it's so important. And I, I've just got some notes here on that, because I think it's just so important. I think, well, let's go with what not to say. Um, I think one of the things not to say, and we hear so often, are things like, well, it wasn't really a baby. It was a lump of cells. We don't want to hear that to the woman who's lost a baby. That is her baby. Mm. Um Don't say it was nature's way, (laughs) and in a sense, there's a little bit of truth in that. But when you're losing a baby, when you've lost a baby, you don't want to hear about it being nature's way. Again, to you, that is your baby with all the potential and the hopes and dreams that you had um, for that baby. Don't say things like think think of it as a bad period. Um, That's actually almost quite insulting and very hurtful to the woman who's been through that. Um, And maybe don't say, "Well, you if you already have children, be grateful." for the children that you already have uh, and in some ways that can be quite insulting as well because of course she's grateful for the children that she has but still um, this is her baby that, that she's lost I know when I um, was having my second miscarriage actually I was in hospital and and as I said just really overcome with grief and weeping and and one nurse actually came up to me and just said I don't know why you're upset I see that you have five children on here already and actually I just said to her, well, they're not my five biological children. That, um, they're children I inherited. Um, but even if they were, this is my baby that I'm losing. You know, don't don't say that to me. Yeah. So all sorts of things. Sometimes these things are said um, in a very well-meaning way. Um, and I think it can be difficult to know what to say, to be honest, because there, there are no easy answers, Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, I have learned that one of the most honest things to say is, actually, I don't know what to say, yeah. but I'm just here... I'm here to listen and if you want to talk I'm here and actually just to say and I'm so sorry <laughs> because it's a horrible thing mm. um, and I think that really what we need to do the most important thing is to be available to say I'm here to listen and let's talk about the baby and let's acknowledge that that baby existed that can be one of the of the difficulties and hurts that are afterwards it's almost well did that baby exist mm. and mm. let's talk about your baby Um, And in a sense, I would say be guided by how they are, what they want to talk about Mm. um, and just listen as well. Um, And then there are things that we can do, you know, maybe send a card, flowers, send a text, um, take a cake round, all those things that you may think, well, that's not going to help. Actually, it will. Mm. And I think the main thing, you know, mums and dads just want their baby acknowledged Mm. um, and to be able to talk about it. And then, of course, I would say, being slightly biased, do tell them about loved. <laughs> tell them that there is help available, um, and we have these wonderful loved healing retreats, um, which I think have been just so helpful for those that have come. You know, so, yeah, that's so that's so helpful.
0: Thank you, because I think as Christians, we often try to kind of spiritualize things and and come up with the right theological response for each situation and um or, or we think people don't want to talk about it at all they just want to be distracted and just knowing that yeah just, just just kind of figuring out what that person might need in that situation and yeah. and actually sometimes there just aren't answers um, no. and that person just just wants you to be there for them and, and listen yeah, to put them. your arm around them um, yeah. exactly so yeah. um, that's really really helpful thank you um yeah. so yeah these fantastic loved uh retreats could you just tell us a bit more about what actually goes on on a on a loved retreat
1: yeah well the loved retreats so they're just for a day um, and we always hold them in really lovely venues, beautiful homes or retreat centers. It's a day where we, I feel that if we mostly we've had women, they are open to men as well. And we have had a retreat very recently in Northern Ireland where um, cu- couples were invited to come but mostly we've had women and we just want to make it a day where they feel um, a little bit pampered and a little bit special because if you have the courage to come on a day like that you're going to be feeling fragile Mm. um, and really just wanting to be comfortable we always have lovely cake lovely food Um, and really it's an opportunity we 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 say for women to come and share and to talk about their babies and the name came that that, uh, we just thought that we wanted them to know that they were loved we wanted them to know that. That their babies are loved um and that and and that god loves all three it's like this sort of um chord of three if you like you yeah. know that and so the whole thing is is really surrounded with love um yeah. But on the day, it's a busy day. um, And on the day we talk, the first we begin by sharing our stories. And for most women, that is the thing that one of the two things that they really value the most about the day. And again, it's just being able to talk, to acknowledge your baby and to have other people listen and to hear how other women have been through the same thing and have the same emotions. And and that's really comforting and helpful. So we start by sharing our stories and then we look at it's a little bit like. uh, grief counselling, bereavement counselling, that we look at the way that the experience has affected us. So we look at things like anger and it's um, it's really amazing how much anger focuses afterwards is part Mm. of the, um, if you like, the the journey that women walk through. Uh, We look at anger, we look at guilt again. Was it something I did? Um, we look at grief, um, giving ourselves opportunity to grieve for our babies, um, and we look at forgiveness. Another whole area. It's just sometimes when people share their stories, people that were involved in the experience, there's often been a lot of hurt, um, and and sometimes sadly, even with medical, um, the medical staff and the way that they were. Accepted, maybe. So we look at forgiveness and what does that mean? Do we need to forgive someone? Do we need to receive forgiveness? Um, And then we end the day um by holding a kind of remembrance service um where we have an order of service, we have set prayers. It's almost like a liturgy, but for mm-hmm. me I feel that gives dignity to our babies. Um, mm-hmm. Because some of it we won't have had funerals and all those important things, which is part of the recovery process. And so we hold a remembrance service where if there are names, we name our babies and we just really commit our sadness. Um, and our babies into God's hands knowing that as Christians anyway we believe that um, our babies are in God's presence Mm. Um, and at the end of the day the thing that people that on the feedback most women say the thing they like the the best <laughs> was the sharing the stories at the beginning and then the service at the end and the other thing is helpful but those things at the beginning and end women just find um so helpful mm, yeah. um, I've got a quote from somebody that came would you yes, like me to read sure. it yes if yeah. I'm talking too long but um this is Alison and she came to retreat in 2018 and she just wrote yesterday I attended a miscarriage retreat. I met the most beautiful people, other people that were there. We cried, laughed, reflected, listened and shared. We ate some gorgeous food and drank tea. It was so healing to spend time with other people who understand, who didn't judge me, who feel and understood my sadness, fear and loneliness. We talked about our babies, our experiences and feelings. We prayed. We shared a beautiful intimate service of remembrance and farewell. I miss my babies so much. It was hard, but somehow the retreat has helped to make the pain in my heart feel a little lighter. Our babies are safe in God's hands until the day we will be reunited in heaven. Until then, I will cherish my beautiful son and loving husband. And I just felt that was so lovely. And in in a way I think encapsulate, encapsulates what a lot of women feel um, at the end of it and you know it's not rocket science <laughs> um, yeah they, they just need time and space really to be able to talk and to share um, and it's so valuable yeah gosh they sound wonderful um so
0: for for churches who um, obviously they can they can tell people mm. about loved the love retreats yes. um what 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 else can churches be doing and um, you mentioned that you you sometimes go to churches and and talk about yeah. um, the kind of conversation they could be having what for for people listening who might be leading a church or, or want want their church to engage more with this subject what what can churches be doing practically yeah. to, to help people in this situation
1: yeah well I would say invite us to come and speak (laughs) we often you know I speak at service we lead seminars and just talking about how we can um, help those and walk alongside those who've experienced miscarriage Um, and really maybe just to as part of your preaching plan think about doing a a sermon on pregnancy loss there's wonderful ways that we can do that wonderful scriptures and for me it's a way of just sharing God's love as well Mm. Um, get familiar with some of the books that are out there Um, there are lots of there are well lots there are several good devotional books now for those who've experienced miscarriage none of this existed when I had mine Mm. and it's so good now there are books out there that people can read and learn um, and just practical um, things that we can offer um, to those who've experienced miscarriage Um, and then one other thing Um, way that I feel we could help Uh, I'm very biased because I really love these services Um, but we hold and churches can very easily do this I think it's a simple service to hold but we hold services baby remembrance services um, and where we just invite people to come and to remember their babies And those again, we have a set um, order of service, a very beautiful order of service that they can take away with them. We have songs, uh, um, songs that would be familiar uh, to people coming Um, and we have prayers. We remember our babies Um, in the middle. We very often we light candles and we give those that come flowers to take away. Um, to remember their babies and I think the act of coming and doing something for your baby is so healing Mm. Um, and that might sound a bit sentimental but I've seen big grown men walking down the aisle with their candle and taking a flower Mm. away and crying Mm. you know and and, uh, at our last remembrance service I had a, a gentleman came in with a suit and he'd obviously come straight from work and he said it seems a bit strange coming without my wife but she couldn't make it But I really wanted to come. Mm. (laughs) And I I hope it's okay. And I said, Of course, it's okay. And for me, I often say to church leaders, um, This is a win win situation because not only are you offering this wonderful service and and means of healing to men and women who come, um, and we have as, as many men as women, I would say. Um, but also it's an opportunity just to share God's love in a very gentle way Mm. um, and to talk about heaven and to talk about where our babies are. So for them, I think it's a win-win. So if anybody would like to know um, how to set that up, we would love, I'm I'm always happy. I usually speak at our services just for five minutes. I'm always happy to come and share and help facilitate that. I think it's just such a wonderful ministry, you know? Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Finally just for anyone who might be listening who
0: has been touched by the issue of baby loss whether that's through personal experience or a loved one what would you want to say to them today um, and what what gave you hope um, through that painful experience that you went through of losing your babies?
1: Yeah Yeah. I think what gave me hope and, and was actually my faith uh, and although this was happening to me and I couldn't understand you know three times <laughs> um, this happened to me I had the hope well firstly that my baby was in God's presence my babies were in God's presence and and I think actually most men and women whether of faith or no faith they, they really want to know where their babies are mm. um, and for me that was um, really uh, comforting uh, if you like um, there's a wonderful verse I've written it down here Matthew eighteen ten, and it says there beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father um, and I think in a sense that this ministry this uh, walking alongside um, those who've experienced baby loss is very close to God's heart mm-hmm. and I just love that thought of our babies being um, in God's presence um, for me, I think what gave me hope as well was that I somehow knew that this would be redeemed, <laughs> that this hurt and pain uh, would be redeemed and that from it, it makes me who I am um, and, and that I would be able to use it. Again, I'm, I'm terrible for quotes, but I've got another quote Sorry. here. I just, <laughs> just want to read. And only last week, somebody sent me this who'd been on one of our retreats. And it said there: when you risk sharing what hurts most in the presence of someone who will not invade you or abandon you. And I think that's what happens in our retreats. When you do that, you can discover within yourself what Jesus called the pearl of great price, your invincible preciousness in the midst of your fragility. Mm. And I just think that was just so wonderful. Actually, Mm. however fragile we feel, we're precious um, to God. And, you know, there's something about grief. This is a grief like any other grief. And, and. Um, the grief will always be with you. Your baby will always be in your heart, if you like. But as your life goes on, your life builds around it, and so the rawness of the pain and of the grief becomes less. Although you always carry that with you, um, and so so there is hope in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for
0: sharing um, just so much about your personal experience. And um, so, for anyone who wants to to go on a loved healing retreat, um, how can they get in touch with you?
1: if they get in touch through the open website which is weareopen.org.uk if you click on there after a miscarriage there's lots of stuff on that um, website but if you click on after a miscarriage you'll see a short dvd there of of women who've been which is really nice and their experiences and then contact they will actually come through to me so they want to know more information that will come through to me Uh, what I'd love to say is that our, our vision really is if a church or a group of churches or a community would think this is something that we can do we can hold a love day and they know what's going on in their area the, the, the men and women in their churches if they feel this is something we'd like to do and and can get the people if you like we can help with that but then we're very happy Hannah and I to come and facilitate the day um, and then other people can do it you know so we would love um, to be able to do that and then again look out for events look out for baby awareness week next week I think the theme is social isolation but have a look out for things that are happening um, and the books and the other things that I've suggested yeah oh wonderful well thank you so much Jenny it's been so fantastic having you on the
0: Carecast today and thank you just so much for for sharing your own experiences and and just speaking about what what is a really sensitive and and difficult issue to talk about Um, and we really hope that people listening to the Carecast and watching uh, the Carecast will will feel encouraged that you can talk about this issue and please do get in touch with uh, with Jenny on on uh, the open websites um, if you do want to go on a love retreat or you know anyone who might benefit from that, please do do be sharing that. Uh, thank you so much, Jenny. It's been fantastic having you today.
1: Thank you, Naomi. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Carecast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and find out more about the work of care on care.org.uk. Care for what you believe